Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Welcome to another episode of Living with the Disability. All right, hold it. No, hold it. No. Did you just get back from a funeral? We're supposed to bring excitement, positivity, and energy to the program. You don't come out like that. All right. Okay. Whenever you're ready, hit it. Welcome to another episode of Living with the Disability. No big deal podcast. My name is Brad Gabrielson. My guest today is Greg Moe. Hi, Greg. Hey, Brad, what's going on there? Heard you got a blizzard. Yeah, and you got rain. It's amazing how 100 miles can make a difference, huh? Yeah, did you get like 24 inches of snow or something out there? No, near Bismarck. They did Bismarck and the Minot area. But, All right, uh, so here we are. We got about uh, six inches of snow, I would say. Well, it is, uh, it is March. So that's what happens in March is you get snowstorms so um anyway what's going on today what what do you what'd you what'd you call us all together here for what are we gonna what what's the deal what's on tap the paralympics what's that the paralympics we're gonna talk about that today we are the, the 2022 paralympic now where were those held uh were those in jamestown this year no no they no, weren't no, no, no. okay no. No, no. <laughs> Where were those they at? Were, they were in, um, I think, where the other ones were, was that in Japan or? No, they were in China, China because we were boycotting. China, yeah, China. China they were in yeah. Beijing. And, uh, and man, yes. they just got over. I mean, they just ended yesterday, uh, March 14th, I think it was. So uh, we're right on it. We are Johnny on the spot on the Paralympics. We did a two-part series last year. We're going to do a one-part series this year, Brad. How do you feel about that? That's, that sounds good. They, we did fairly well. So it was well, very think, interesting yeah, to I watch. Think, yeah, sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, what's exciting is uh, people from around the world, uh, in chairs, out of chairs, they can gain a lot. It's fun to watch competition. It's fun to watch uh, – uh, quite honestly, I think it's fun to watch people with, with no body below the waist and they're out there like playing volleyball and stuff, Brad. Yeah, that was, that was really good to see. I mean, they're basically just on, you know, walking on stubs on their waist or something, but uh, there they are out there competing. So inspiration to people. So a um, lot to gain, you know, I mean, they don't want sympathy because uh, most of them can do, as much or more than able-bodied people and uh, the willpower, obviously the drive, the ambition, uh, all things that you have at Brad as well. Yes. um, We all have to have, we have to have some motivation. Otherwise our life is pretty boring. And um, if we didn't, if we didn't uh, have, 
motivation and pride and all that, life would be pretty boring, that's for sure. Well, wouldn't be very fun either. Nope. So it's good to. Uh, it's kind of cool to kind of cool to have. This, you know, if you really think about it, the regular Olympics and the Paralympics, they have great athletes. Both of them do, and it's kind of cool. It, uh, they bring a lot of heart to their competition, and they believe in what their abilities are. So it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, it is. Like I said, there's a lot of things to watch. And uh, I mean, these a lot of these people, when they were quite young, had this dream, right? And people probably said, well, right. you have no arms. How are you going to play ping pong in the Olympics? You know, get over yourself. You, you're not going to go anywhere. So just right. be, be, uh, be satisfied with that and, uh, you know, go, go sit in the corner or something. But they said, no, I will not sit in the corner and I am playing ping pong and I'm going to be in the Olympics. Damn it. Darn it. Yep. So, uh, so they have a dream. And number one thing about a dream is most other people will tell you it's a dream and say, that's, that's a dream. I mean, that's not reality, but if you have a dream of any kind, um, you can achieve that dream if you want it bad enough. And if you just say can't doesn't exist in my vocabulary, it changes things in a hurry because the one word that we said will change your life, no matter who you are, is perspective. Change yes. what happens from day to day, from hour to hour, from the standpoint of perspective. And so there's a lot to be taken from this, uh, from these Olympians, Brad. So I know you're excited. You've been talking about this for weeks. Trying to get this. I've been, uh, been trying to get you motivated out there. You've been and trying I to get me motivated. Yeah. 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 So well, and here we are today. I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. Brad's in Jamestown, North Dakota. Sometimes I go out there and we do the podcast. Sometimes we just do it by Zoom, where I have to I have to look at him on the computer, and he indeed has to look at me. So, mm, yeah. uh, so we're going to post this on the YouTube channel someday, aren't we? So. You can uh, I, I hope so yeah okay be cool all right um, well let's get right into this Olympic deal now as people know it was in Beijing okay now here's what's here's exciting just get some facts out of the way USA's Paralympic Games 67 athletes okay and two guides um, so 67 athletes and what we're going to go ahead and do here is uh, I've got some believe I've got uh, st some statistics here. Uh, now, here's the sports, actually, I think that we're talking about. Para-alpine skiing, mm -hmm. ice hockey, Nordic skiing, snowboarding, and wheelchair curling. And uh, you had another event you wanted to uh, bring into the Olympic Games, so uh, we can maybe chat on that later. But uh, as far as the sport goes, 17 athletes in the para skiing. 17 in the ice hockey, followed by 12 in the para Nordic, 12 in the para boarding, and five chose to do the actual uh, curling. Uh, how it breaks down by state, there's a number of uh, people from every state. Colorado is way out in front with 10, followed by Massachusetts, Utah, um, and then 
on down the line. Uh, doesn't look like there's any from North Dakota and none from Minnesota. But it looks like, uh, I don't know, 22 states or something or whatever being, uh, being represented. Uh, and then it says here, there's a roster, it says, note, Note that the roster may be adjusted due to injury. <laughs> I would suppose they've already they're already injured enough. So if they get injured, I'm sure they're going to still compete, right? Right. Um, you want to go ahead and uh, how do you want to do it, Brad? Do you want to go through like uh, each sport, and then uh, we can already we can highlight. Uh, we could highlight a few bios here on some of these sure, athletes. Why don't, we do it, why don't we do it that way? Yeah, it seems they're, they're very interesting little bios. So. Okay, we'll just pick this one out. Uh, Alpine skiing. This guy's name is Rabbi Drugan. Uh, he looks like uh, Madohead or whatever the guy's name is. On uh, See him there? <laughs> Alpine no, skiing, I, I, slalom, giant slalom, super G, super combined, downhill, and the parallel slalom. Classification is LW12-2. Uh, looks like he uh, is from Florida. Hometown is Oregon. Uh, Churchill Alternative School in 09. Uh, Paralympic experience. He's a first-timer at the Olympic Games. Uh, let's see, he got 10th in the slalom, 17th in the super G, 20th in the giant slalom, and did not finish in the downhill and super combined. Uh, so it looks like, uh, personally, in 20, 2004, Robbie was hit by a train. Brad, a wow. train. Um, hmm. Doesn't say if he was walking or in a car. It's his parents, along with the Oregon Adaptive Sports, introduced him to alpine skiing. His favorite thing about alpine skiing is the freedom and ability to get out and enjoy nature. Uh, his best event, he won a bronze medal at the 2015 Winter Games in Mono X. Um, he likes to camp, hiking, and working on classic cars. Sporting idols are Glenn Plake and Shane McGonkey. Not sure who those are. Good for him, though, right? That's really good. I mean, getting out there and qualifying and being able to do it. I mean, good. He looks like a good chap. There, he's got mm -hmm. he's got uh, a long, long curly hair, blue eyes, and looks like he's quite uh, quite fit as well. Um, oh yeah. Just kind of stay on the alpine skiing team here. Um, this this guy is from uh, Connecticut. Uh, again, first time games. Uh, finished twenty fourth and twenty sixth. Um, twenty thirteen accident put Holgren in a coma. His name is Patrick Holgren. Uh, and resulted in his left leg being amputated above the knee. He's training to compete at the Paralympic Games to honor the memory of his late twin brother, Lucas, 
Sven Algren, who died in a motorcycle crash in New Zealand in 2016. So he's dedicated that to his brother, his twin brother. Um, you know, losing That's a sibling cool has got to be hard. Yes, but, I'm sure it is. But I think losing a twin, I think is even harder, maybe because of that connection. Connection, yeah. Yeah. No, his brother had encouraged him to take up paraskiing following his accident. Okay, so they spent 2016 working together, fitting chains, directing car traffic at the resort in New Zealand. Uh, hobbies and rollerblading and road trips. A fun fact about Patrick is that he's won every costume contest he's ever entered. His nickname is Powerhouse Pat. His favorite thing about alpine skiing is that you have to put in the time and learn the technique to be able to ski fast. You can't fake fast, he said. <laughs> he believes that this is his destiny, that the universe has told him that he was meant for something greater. So here he is. Now, we were just talking about dreams, weren't we? Yes. And he says that the universe has told him that he was meant for greater things. So these aren't just your average people that are sitting on the couch at home. They are people who are very driven. Very dedicated, yes. Now you've uh, you've done some some downhill skiing, Brad, I understand. No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I've done I've done some crazy things like um I've done some crazy things, but I've never been any downhill skiing. Um, You'd be good uh, on those hills if uh, they were to put you in one of those inner tubes and just let you fly down. Oh, you mean tubing? Tubing, tubing down the hill, yeah. That would be fun. But it would be fun. Why can't we get you on a tube someday and go down the hill? Like, Well, maybe, maybe you can try it as a... But... I don't know. That that seems a little risky at my age. I'm 62 years old, you know. Well, you're not gonna fall out of them. You sit right in there. I know, I know, but something could happen. Like I'm gonna get you. Look, on the bucket list is 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 seeing and recording Brad for the YouTube channel. Snow tubing down the hill. Yeah. At a fast rate of speed. I, that's what we're going to do. I don't care if we got to strap you in, put a helmet on, but you're going to be the guy. Mm. Everyone's going to, we're going to close the hill. Everyone's going to watch Brad. It's going to be a big major event. People will be cheering and you'll make it. You'll make it. I'll, make I'll give it. you two choices. Yeah. I'll give you two choices. Number one would What's be that? tubing down the hill. The number two, the number two would be parasailing. So it's your choice. And you can do that behind a boat wow. or off a hill. I think I can do it off a hill. I'm scared of heights. So you're going to take paragliding over over snow tubing? No, I'm going to take snow tubing over. Well, oh, you're taking the tube. All right. Well, yeah. I'll get on Amazon and search for a helmet. But I think, <laughs> I, think, I mean, if these guys can do this. <laughs> get hit by a train, lose their lower body, and then get up and say, I'm going to ski, then so can you. You can too. 
Yeah. Now this one I thought was interesting. This this young uh, this young uh, this young lad. He's only he's five foot seven, so he's a young guy or a short guy, but he's he's mm. he's young. He's only eighteen years old. Does the downhill slalom, super G, does the alpine skiing, right? Standing, okay. Um, from Idaho, okay. And he's a first-time Olympian. Um, having grown up in a passionate skiing family in an active ski town, all right. So he started skiing at two years old, Brad, this Jess character. Okay. Um, seven years old he joined the Sun Valley ski team race team just he was born without an ankle bone in his right leg at 11 months old he had his foot amputated Jesse enjoys mountains biking camping basically anything outdoors he won his first race at three years old his most memorable sporting event was winning the 2021 U.S. National Giant Slalom, slalom, and placing third in the Super G. Speed is his favorite thing about alpine skiing. In three words, Jesse would describe himself as funny, kind, and adventurous. Um, so he basically has no foot, Brad, and he's alpine skiing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you set your mind to it. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, there was a lot, uh, a lot to take in on that Olympics deal because uh, there was just so many. Uh, you know, one of the channels, I think it was NBC, had the Olympic Channel, mm -hmm. so you could watch that. You know, day and night didn't necessarily wasn't uh, wasn't live. Uh, it wasn't a peacock too. Peacock, yes, yes, yes. That what it was. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. They ran that funny bar over the day, I think. On Peacock. Okay. All right. Now check this one out. Can you see Ralph Green here? I, I don't see. I still, I, I still see. Well, what? Something you gotta. You kind of gotta say something when I'm going back and forth mm -hmm. to these. Well, you don't well, see yeah, it. You yeah. gotta pipe up. Otherwise, how can you follow well, along? I, I, I've been just listening. I mean, I've. No. Okay. Now Ralph Green, he started in 2006 as a as a Paralympian. Ralph yes. Green is an African American alpine skier. Okay. Uh, he's mm -hmm. from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Sales and marketing at DeVry is where he went. Uh, let's see. Started in 2004. Uh, Ralph Green didn't give up after he lost a leg following a random street shooting. Wow. Coaches say he's fearless. Green is the first African-American man to make the U.S. Paralympics Alpine 
skiing national team in history. He represented Team USA at both the Torino 2-6 and Vancouver 2010 Winter Games. He was a high school quarterback and multi-sport athlete. He was gunned down at 16 while he and a friend were walking along a street in Brooklyn. His left leg was amputated at the hip. A year later, Green was introduced to skiing in the Poconos, and it didn't do much for him. 2000, though, he found himself back on the slopes. They program in Winter Park, Colorado, and as he says, that's when it stuck. I'm skiing until I'm the best. Green is now a 10-time U.S. Paralympics alpine skiing national team member and four-time national champion competed in his third straight Paralympic Winter Games with Team USA in Sochi. Off the slopes, Green enjoys cooking and competes in triathlons for cross-training. Okay, and again, lost his leg at the hip. So that's a complete removal there, isn't it, Brad? Oh, yes. What do you, what do you think about a story like that? It's amazing. go down here and let's talk about uh let's talk about sled hockey because i think you're familiar with sled hockey are you not oh yeah i've done watched it mm -hmm. it's a pretty serious sport there's no question about it oh yeah guy, here's a guy make it, down, uh, make it down and dirty right there oh man. yeah here's a guy born in california right lives in denver so of course he's a what sled hockey guy look at him he just mm. looks tough doesn't he oh yeah his name is Ralph de Quebec. Okay. Uh, let's see, what has he got? It's, he's got two bronze medals. He's been a two time Olympian. Uh, he's six foot tall. Six Man, feet tall. Guy. Yep, 83. So he's what, 40 years old. Wow. Yep. Uh, two time Paralympic medalist, two golds. Mm -hmm. Okay, he won a. Uh, in fact, he won a gold this year. Congratulations to him! Yep. Because the Team USA team. won the gold in sled hockey, Brad. Yes, they did. Um, got a gold four years ago, and John Yang too. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Marine gunnery. Okay, so he's a gunny sergeant. Marine, Marine Gunnery Sergeant de Quebec is a bilateral above knee amputee after being blown up in Afghanistan by an IED while serving in the Marine Corps. Wow. He's a Purple Heart recipient, son of Thomas Contreras and Celestina Quebec. He has two sisters and is married. Loves being outdoors, taking road trips, woodworking, swimming, and listening to all types of music. Proud owner of, quote, the cutest boxer ever named Battles. Oh, his dog. Yes. Um, wow. So he gets blown up in 2012, right? Mm -hmm. Seven years later, he's in the Olympics. Winning the gold medal. Yeah, in 2019. Yeah. 2018. Oh. So six years later, at 36 years old, 
right? No spring pup. Yep. Playing. And he looks like a hot, he looks like a goalie, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks pretty muscular. He's. Um, you know, Ralph, this guy, this Ralph de Quebec, it sounds like he would be an awesome candidate to try to get on the podcast. Right? He would be, yes. Veteran, I love the dog. Yes. He, at that age, it's like, dude, how did you how did you even think you could compete at that age to try to right. get you know? So a lot of questions for uh for Ralph, but good for him. Oh yeah. Good for yeah, him. We're gonna have to bookmark good. him, reach out to uh reach out to him. Yep. Um let's see, it looks like they're all males on the sled hockey team. Let's go ahead and let's take a look at uh at some gals here, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. let's take it, Briat. Let's take a look at uh mm-hmm. we're gonna go in the uh the category uh, snowboarding, okay? Rena Huckabee, a young lady from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, she's a, a pretty girl. She's got uh, dark hair mm. with some purple highlights in it. And she mm. is... 5'9"? Uh, 30... 26 years old. 96, yep. 26 years old, yep. Uh, went to DeVry, okay, for business. Two-time yeah. Paralympian. Uh, so she competed uh, when she was only 22 years old. Four-time Paralympic medalist. Three golds and a bronze. Okay. That, that is great. That is fantastic. She got a gold in the bank slalom this year at the Games. And a bronze in the bronze in the snowboard cross. So she pretty much took the gold for the uh, for the slalom. Yeah, she's got three golds and a bronze in two Olympic games. Wow. Um, and she took uh, she took two golds at the games in eighteen for the snowboard cross and the bank slalom. So she she took both the golds in eighteen. Came back twenty two, uh, reclaimed the slalom. But uh, it got beat out in the snowcross. So uh, in 2021, she won the gold and the silver. Uh, Rena was not always a snowboard world champion. She began her love of sports with gymnastics. Can you see this? Yep, sure can. While she was young. An osteo, an osteosarcoma diagnosis in 2010 resulting in the amputation of her right leg down led her down a different path month after surgery she got her first leg and right away she set her eyes on the slopes pretty much pulled up the roots in in, uh, her life in Louisiana and moved to Salt Lake City a year she attacked snowboarding with a passion she began Competing in, in 2013, but she was probably only 17 uh, while training in, in Utah. So, did a few uh, seasons uh, on the mountain. She took the break in 2016, gave birth to her daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, she started Jordan, hitting it hard in 2017. Yeah. Uh, she likes hiking, biking, and playing with her daughter. Favorite TV show is Shameless, passionate about culinary arts so i'd like to meet her of course 
uh, is a gymnast judge and also practices gymnastics at a local gym in Utah. So look at her go. 26 years old, second Olympics, lost her leg to cancer. And then a year later, she gets a leg, basically pulls up her roots, changes her mailing address, and flies out to Utah. What do you think of all that, Brad? Well, that one, a lot of determination is what I think of a lot of... Uh... She had, a, she had a plan beforehand. She had a dream, and that's the cool thing. And I uh, like Shameless, too, so. <laughs> see, 96 would be 06. Hey, she was like, I don't know, early 20s, 22, 23, when she just pulled up her stakes, born in born in uh, Baton Rouge and said to heck with it. I'm going to go to Utah. I'm going to go into school and I'm going to get her done. Then I'm going to go to DeVry, get my, get my degree in business. Then I'm going to win a few golds in the Paralympics. Yep. I mean, she's sitting in there in the hospital, no leg. Did she think that she was going to have a resume like this? And she was laying there. After I don't know, man. I wish I could. I wish we could ask her. She would be another one to talk to. I think. What do you think, there, Greg? Well, think about it. A young twenty-something. I mean, can you imagine being a young twenty-something girl? You lose your leg and uprooting your hometown and then just flying out to Utah to try skiing and I mean what do you think about all that that's just it it takes a while to get used to your uh, pathetic new leg it takes a while to get used to it not only that but you're leaving your family and friends and you are pursuing a dream of some kind and you're only I mean that's scary that had to be very scary. I mean, that yeah. takes a lot of courage to. Very, a lot of courage. A lot of determination. I mean, you're basically jumping off a diving board and hoping there's la- there's water where you land. Exactly. It would be fun to see how she acclimated into the uh, into the high school she was there for a year or two as well so she must have been like a junior when she started uh, school at uh, in jordan high school in santa utah so mm-hmm. very interesting and she's got a daughter uh in 2016 so it looks like she found somebody you know but it doesn't say where she actually she may have uh, well, she moved to Salt Lake City, so I'm I'm guessing that she must have met her her husband in Utah. Then, yeah, yeah I, I would think so. His name is Tristan. Uh, uh, Tristan. Tristan Clegg. Clegg. And, and two daughters, daughters Lila and Sloan. Leah, uh, 
All right. And the part I like is she likes to cook like that. Wish we could have her on personally on the podcast. She could prepare a special dish for us or something. That would be cool. But I think we might have to go to Utah. I think we might have to. Wouldn't it be fun to have her on the podcast, though? Oh, sure. uh, the whole family. We wouldn't dare. The whole family's invited. Hey, hey, hey. What? Minnesota was on there. Oh, no. Her bio's not there. It's uh, It was a woman. Her name is Batian uh, Wayana Aranchameg out of Burnsville, Minnesota. Yeah. Here she is. Okay, she's a Mongo- she was born in Mongolia. Yeah. Wheelchair curling. Okay. Yeah. She plays the lead. She's from Burnsville. Hey, look at here. Uh, masters in nonprofit management, Brad. Wow. Yeah. Hamlin University School yeah. of Business. Wow. We have yeah. to get a hold of her for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. She wheelchair curling. Okay. Paralympic, first time Olympian. Uh, works for the University of St. Thomas as an administrative assistant in the communication and journalism department. Whoa. Enjoys sailing learning to play musical instruments, learning languages. So it looks like she likes to learn new things. Challenges. She likes challenges. Uh, Cooking, eating chocolate. We're challenges. We're challenges. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And eating chocolate. She likes chocolate. We might have to send her a box of chocolates as an invite to come on, right? And say, hey, we heard you like chocolate. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, what a, it doesn't say anything about uh, her disability or or anything of that nature, but certainly uh, a very interesting person to uh, mm. to reach out to. Um, I mean, these are all so interesting. Let's uh, let's take this one, Caitlin Madry. Now she's out of she's out of Alaska. Now she's got a very very pretty smile. Uh, Who does? Basically, she it does snowboarding, and she's out of uh, Guangzhou, China. Okay, lives in Alaska. Yeah, but her um, birthplace was in Guangzhou, China. Yeah. Now, the classification is BSB LL2. Now, I, I really don't know about these designations right now without looking. Um, and that will give us some indication of because these athletes, Brad, I don't know if you know them, these athletes are classified by uh, their injury yes. and their level of capacitation. Mm-hmm. And then you're grouped with athletes in that similar tier. Yes. Uh, Caitlin was born with fiber hemomelia, fibular 
hemomelia. You ever heard of that? No. Uh, resulted in scoliosis, which you know what that is, right? The curvature of... Oh, yes. And her right leg was amputated at eight years old. Imagine being in third grade and what the kids going to school with eight, nine-year-old kids, what they might have said to her. Well, I'm sure. I'd be curious to see um, and how, that, how that experience went for her. How was it difficult? Did you, did you have a lot of support? Um, in fifth grade, she was invited by her special ed program to go to the uh, ski resort up there. Mm-hmm. So she joined a race program and she trained throughout high school, the way it looks. Um, she also, uh, interesting, Brad, she was a uh, state chess competitor. Wow. What do you know about chess? chess? Um. I know every time I try to play, I lose. <laughs> well, me too. I, I'm more of a chess <laughs> dude because, uh, you know, me king too. me type stuff, king me. But yep. do you know how to play it, how to move your knight and your bishop and your pawns? Yeah, but still, it's, you have to think, the checkers, you have to think, but not quite as hard, maybe. Is that why all the old guys play checkers? Yep, the old guys play checkers, the young dudes, they play, they play chess. You know, I played chess as a youngster. You know, I kind of bought mm-hmm. a game, and maybe what I'll do is I'll bring a game out to Jamestown, and we can uh, both uh, no, not know I what they're doing. So. Not Because right. I, I don't, I'm not very good at thinking about two moves ahead. I just, yeah, I get, me, me. my head starts spinning, and I start drooling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And, and, and you end up getting a headache. Uh, so maybe, I'll, maybe um, I'll just yeah, I'll yeah, forget about the chessboard. Um, I'll uh, I'll come up with another game that uh, that I can bring out yeah. there that we can play. So yeah, yeah. Um, her favorite sporting moment was competing in the dual bank slalom in 21. My riding was on fire and I was just so happy to be there. Um, the first adaptive athlete that she met was Keith Gable in 2014. The two have since become friends. Caitlin loves his positive attitude and his willingness to support her and other athletes. Her favorite thing about snowboarding is that there's always room for improvement and new challenges to overcome. In three words, Caitlin would describe herself as fun, loving, and a go-getter. She's a full-time student undergoing an architectural degree, athlete and server at Buffalo Wild Wings. So she's going to be an architect, Brad. That is very cool. Very cool. Third grade. Loses a leg because of uh, bipolar hemolemia. But yet she said no. Two years later, she was on the slopes. Um, So not only... A lot of motivation. A lot of motivation. Not only a student, Mm. 
but training and participating in the Olympics and having a job as well. So, um, see, she's, yeah, she's only 22 years old. So again, a younger athlete. So just a lot of these different stories. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at, uh, let's migrate just a bit. Uh, if we, if we can, Brad, and go into the, uh, into the results. How did they do? Right. Right. Okay. Uh, which is kind of cool because, um, there was, again, there was so many different events to, to go into. Um, winter games. Okay. Team USA dominates. Okay. Let's just see. Cause I had it pulled up here. I ready to, ready to go here. Uh, it's just at the computer, you know, the whistles and everything else going off inside there trying to kind of go, but, uh, but let's go ahead. And I think it was really, really, really exciting when, um, when we saw them take the slopes after that, uh, that pandemic year, you know, um, let's go ahead and see. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the downhill, standing and sitting and visually impaired. Um, those three events, there was uh, nobody in the U.S. who uh, meddled in the standing slalom, uh, sitting slalom. Let's see, slalom visually impaired, giant slalom standing. Okay. Now, the U.S. took a silver in that event. Okay. Um, Thomas Walsh. Walsh from U.S. took the silver in that event. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. And we're going to migrate kind of into the women here. Uh, and I see, I see no medals. Uh, there, that's that can't be. Okay, here we go. Six golds. Okay. The U.S. captured six golds at the Paralympic Games. Uh, and in the process, there was a, uh, a lady named uh, Oksana Masters who became the country's most decorated winter Paralympian. And the USA sled hockey team took gold for the fourth straight time. Uh, Oksana Masters captures biathlon sprint gold, her first Paralympic title in the, st in the sport. Uh, what is the biathlon in the Winter Games? Six kilometers sprint sitting, uh, defeating the event's defending gold medalist, Kendall Gretsch, her teammate from the U.S. Okay. 
uh, 32 years old. It was her first title at the Paralympics. Team USA's first goal of the games. Um, oh, okay. So it's a biathlon, but you're sitting. Let's see, can you see that video? Yep. All right. Yeah, she's on skis. It looks like she's a double amputee. And she is just rocking it on that hill. So um, yep. what an exciting uh, boy. You talk about upper body strength. You got to have it. <laughs> Look at how little those skis are. You're definitely not moving very fast. And now, um, very grueling, very grueling indeed uh, on that one. Um, she said, I feel on top of the moon right now. I just cleaned my first race of the season, and it just so happened to be at the Paralympic Games, which is wild. Um, in Sochi 2014, I was a medal contender. I went to the... I went the wrong way and was out of the medals. Now that's what I would do. I'd be skiing down the thing and I would just wander off and it's like, where do you go? You're out. You're done. You're done. You're done. I'm over. Oh, he's way over there. Get, get out of the woods. Get out, get out of the woods. That's, it's like, that's why I don't go. I can't find my way home from work most days. It's bad. But uh, in Pyongyang, I didn't get to race healthy. And here, third time around is the what, Brad? Charm. Charm. Feels absolutely incredible. Now, yep. she was born in the Ukraine. Okay? Yep. From Kentucky. Um, China's Shen Yiling, 20, also got, got clean, shot clean to grab the silver. Um, and then Gretsch, the other USA, took bronze. So they got gold and, and bronze. So um, and then there's a 10k biathlon and Kendall Gretsch who had beaten out uh, Oksana before looks like she won uh, Kendall Gretsch went one two with team teammate Oksana Masters in the 10k so then Oksana comes in and gets a, gets a silver so she's got a gold and a silver and Gretsch has got a gold and a silver um, in the biathlon, <laughs> biathlon. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There was shooting event, Brad, involved in this biathlon. Mm. Fields 10 biathletes slog through snow, slow snow with temperatures. Hovering around 40 degrees Fahrenheit, Gretsch missed a shot during her first of four visits to the shooting range and had to take a penalty loop that the Illinois native made up time on the course. So much so that despite Oksana Masters, her teammates clean shooting, Gretsch still took the victory. So, um, so keep that in mind, Brad, when I say shooting events, as we touch on uh, some exciting things going on in, in your life. Yeah. Uh, In 2021, uh, 
Kendall Gretsch, the uh, Ukrainian, became the first triathlete who claimed gold in the women's wheelchair class at the Paralympics, winning the event's debut in 2020. 29-year-old is born of spina bifida. Uh, so it looks like her and Oksana have a, have a pretty good relationship. Uh, okay, now Oksana Masters comes back and she wins a second gold in the 12.5K biathlon. And Kendall Gretsch took silver. <laughs> so they're pretty much dominating the biathlon, uh, which includes... Uh, um, it looks like there's uh, three shooting bouts. So they're skiing mixed in with shooting. Yes. So she, she shot clean in her fourth trip to the range and dug deep over the final to gain the lights. Um, Brenna Huckabee, okay competing up in the bank slalom finds gold. Now, Brenna Huckabee, uh, I think that we uh, we highlighted, right? At the gold in the yes. bank slalom. Uh, yeah, we sure did. Right there she is. Yep, yep, a double Paralympian. Okay, gold medalist, a four-time world champion. Um, Nearly missed the 22 games after her SB-LL1 classification was removed from the women's program due to a lack of athletes. A subsequent legal ruling permitted her to take part with the caveat of competing up, essentially at a disadvantage, right? She's got to run with the 12th graders and she's in ninth grade type thing. Yeah. Um, so you can't, in other words, you have to prove her worth. What's that? In other words, you have to prove that she was worthy of being there. Yeah, she was on the junior varsity competing with the varsity. Yep. And she still took gold. Yep, that's cool. He said, I still can't believe I won because those girls from China are freaking fast. The only non-Chinese writer in the top five. Well, so let's move on to the uh, the Paralympic relay title team. Okay, first ever title. U.S. wins their first ever title. Okay, and Oksana Masters, of course, she's on that too, right? She got another gold there. Yep. Uh, Oksana Masters clinched a 14th historic career Winter Olympics, 14 medals in the U.S. in the Winter Olympics. As the U.S. stunningly Whoa. beat out Ukraine and China, mixed Whoa, four man. by 2.5K. So you got to go about a mile and a half each. Wow. Uh, okay, we've got Jake Atikoff and guide Sam Wood anchored an epic come from behind finish. 20-year-old Sidney Peterson completed a medal trifecta in retired U.S. SEAL Lieutenant Commander, Commander Dan, Lieutenant Dan. Cool. 
Remember uh, Forrest Gump? Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Got his legs removed. U.S. SEAL Lieutenant Commander Dan, a six-time Paralympic medalist, finally earned his first of the 22 games in the sixth of his campaign. So, I mean, seriously? And that must be uh, Oksana? really good. Which one's Oksana Masters? Uh, I think that, that one, that, right there, yeah, I think that's her. Young gal, to uh, yeah, what what a deal, what an absolute deal. Uh, Oksana that's Masters, absolutely the, amazing. Yeah, she got the she's the most decorated Olympian ever, first mm-hmm. American to get seven medals at a single game. She came home with seven medals. Boy, that must be heavy around the neck. <laughs> In addition to Sunday's relay gold, the 30 year old collected sprint. 10K, 15K silvers in the cross-country events, right? So there's a gold and three silvers. Um, and got a gold in the six-kilometer and 12-kilometer uh, biathlon, right? So that's three golds and four silvers. She won a silver in the 10K. So she left with four golds and three silvers. Outstanding. Outstanding. I mean, are you serious? That's amazing. Three golds and four silver medals. For one person, right? One person. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we should ask, see if we can get her on. But she's got she's got 14 medals career. Wow. So she's got 14 Olympic medals. How, How many do you have? 30? None. 30, 32. She's 32 years old. Wow. A, a sitting skier, Masters Ludoff, positioned the U.S. in third. About 20 seconds back from the leader, Ukraine. Peterson, who competes in the standing classification, dropped to fourth. Nearly 50 seconds behind us, Chinese surged to overtake the Ukrainians. Sitting skier, Kanasim, then closed the gap to the front by a third of its previous time. But Team USA remained in fourth. The last exchange. That's when vision-impaired duo Atikoff and Wood shot out like a cannon going fourth to first in half a lap to cap an incredible rally and defeat China by 26 seconds. Wow. Uh, U.S. sled hockey wins fourth straight Paralympic game, 5-0 over Canada. That that U.S.-Canada Paralympic uh, uh, basically battle, Brad, has been going on for a lot of years. You remember even going back to murder ball, U.S. versus Canada. Yep, and also, isn't that true with the regular Olympic teams, too, that they always have a great game against Canada? The what team? Uh, the, the USA hockey team. Uh, you know, has a great game against Canada, too, you know. So. Oh, and the, well, 
regular Olympics. Yep, yep. Coach Canada always has a good team as well as the United States. Wow. They always come down, come down to a short town, and yeah, it turns out to be one of the best games in the in the, in the Olympic tournament. Well, all I know is that uh, there's two roommates, Declan uh, Farmer and Brody Royal. Roy Ball each had two goals and an assist. So between them, they had four goals and two assists. Yep. Uh, and on a five nothing victory, replicating the two teams' opening preliminary game, Farmer and Roy Ball scored back to back shorthanded goals. Okay. Wow. Okay. Look at here. Goaltender Jen Lee, a retired U.S. Army sergeant, recorded 16 saves to register a perfect game while in the net. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Yep. The game was a rematch of the 2018 final in which the U.S. beat Canada 2-1 to one in overtime. Now, four years ago, it was U.S.-Canada again. Yep. Couldn't win it during the game. Had to win it in overtime. Okay. Yep. Uh, it says here, Farmer, a native of Tampa, Florida, scored two goals. Both goals, one to tie with 30 seconds left in regulation. Scored the other one to win. Uh, U.S. won all four of its games in the tournament and outscored its opponents 30 to one. Both teams were coming off 11-0 semifinal wins with the U.S. throttling Canada and Canada trouncing Korea. So clearly, it's U.S. and Canada as far as the uh, sled hockey goes. Mm -hmm. Those are the two heavyweights, and it's always fun watching them go at it because you know, I mean, their coaches are like... It gets pretty heated. I'm pretty sure each country um, has pride, so that's a big factor in it too. So you know, we can meet these guys, you know, and, and they hang them right down to the right down to the last ounce of energy. I'm sure. Well, I remember uh, watching a documentary on the. Uh, on the Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team, when it was, after it was called murder ball, it's called like wheelchair basketball now or something. But they played Canada and big time rivalry between U.S. and Canada in wheelchair basketball. And it was a close game, but Canada ended up getting two goals late and winning by two games. And I mean, those U.S. athletes were crushed. And their coach, yeah. consequently, their coach got fired. The Canadian coach got fired. He was kind of a hothead, but he got fired. And then he went on to coach the U.S. Uh, U.S. wheelchair basketball team. So kind of a story you probably didn't, uh, didn't really know about. No, I did not. Um, yeah, very competitive. Uh, 
It was the second highest delegation at the games after the host China. Para hike hockey is represented by the most athletes. Um, okay, here's all the medals that they won here. So let's see, do they have a medal count here? I mean, there's got to be a medal count here somewhere, right? You would think there would be, yes. Well, I think you passed it, but. Well, I don't really see a medal count for the games themselves, but. Uh, but a lot of medals were won there by the U.S. There was. Oksana Masters' name shows up quite a bit. Yes, it does. So. Let's take a look at the... Uh, Let's just take a look at the medal count before we. Okay, here we go. All right. Team USA medals, 20. Six golds, 11 silvers, and three bronze. Okay. So yep. US had 65 athletes, right? Mm -hmm. And they won three golds or six golds right right three of those golds were won by oksana masters half of the golds that the u.s got at the olympics right and she got four silvers so she right. got almost all the silvers except for three so and they had three bronze so um so out of what, uh, 20 medals, she got seven of them. Done sleepy, your half. sleepy boy. Yeah. Done your half. Half of the golds. I mean, that's crazy. Um, actually, uh, from Minnesota, we have Sydney Peterson from Lake Elmo, won silver medal in the Paracross Women's. Uh, Mike Schultz is from St. Cloud, Minnesota, just three hours from here, silver medal in the men's para snowboard. Uh, yep. He took a bronze as well. So it looks like uh, quite quite a showing. Um, out of super, out of super medal count in this year's Olympics, but uh, what was there? Six events, so there'd be eighteen. Uh, what would it be? Three medals per event, right? Oh, there was a lot of yeah. events. There's six events times how many within each event? You know, so probably 150 medals. And the U.S. took 26 golds, 11 silvers, 
and three bronze. So um, not a bad game overall. No, pretty good game, actually. And congratulations to all the athletes uh, that participated. That's a great honor. And also we won the medals. That's a, a fantastic effort. Yeah, and I, I just we just don't have the time to go through you know all of these athletes, but the uh, there was sixty seven athletes. It's just uh, everyone that we've chosen, you know, we want to have them on the podcast because of their backstory. Uh, I'm just going to do one more. Her name is Danelle Bumstead. Uh, she is from Illinois, um, and her hometown is Utah. Uh, visually impaired, downhill slalom so she did the alpine skiing she's five foot two years five foot two inches tall okay four-time olympian 2010 14 18 22 three-time olympic medalist uh, in 2000 umstead's father first introduced her to adaptive skiing in their home state of mexico when she was 29 she fell in fell in love with it right away um, they founded uh, team vision for gold is to have sight an idea or a dream Umstead has an eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa and early onset macular degeneration meaning she has no central vision and is losing her peripheral vision is that what our what uh, Alan had was retinitis pigmentosa <laughs> might have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's, uh, now he's, now he's, blind, now he's, uh, now he's completely uh, blind, right? Well, you can see shadows, correct? No, not only with those glasses. Well, that's right. He's got the special I think she glasses. has the same disease. Believe you're right. In 2010, shortly after winning two bronze at the Paralympic Games in 2010, she found out that she also has MS. She also has multiple sclerosis. Oh, man. That's after she went to the Olympics. She goes, well, now you got MS. And, you, and you're blind. That did not slow her down. She went on to make her second team in 2014, grabbing bronze. And quickly mm -hmm. became the one to beat. She's married, has one son. Hobbies include hiking, paddleboarding, camping, cooking, shopping, composting, going on road trips with her family, entertaining guests, and remodeling the property. And she's blind and has MS. Passionate about giving back and inspiring others. Her motto is, quote, living the impossible every day. Living the impossible every day. So, um, do you have anything to yeah, add before we wrap it up here? It's uh, yeah, we probably should wrap her up. A uh, good podcast yeah, on that. But what are your closing right. thoughts? She, besides all these athletes that we uh, chosen today are 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 above number one athlete. I tell you, they they got motivation motivations and no words to describe their their uh, ambition 
they want to they want to do something they do it i mean they set their mind to it and it's done there's nobody going to change their mind and that's the, the coolest part of the whole thing you know i'm sure they had people saying no and they probably said watch me you'll see they had, they, had, they all had dreams yep and they might have had daughters but they said just watch yep grab a dream hang on to it and achieve it don't worry exactly. about people saying it ain't gonna work you can't do it don't worry about that what, what do you call those people what do you call those people mr mom which people what do you call the ones that doubting Thomas? Doubting Thomas, that's what he did. <laughs> that's exactly it. You know, any everybody that's ever achieved anything in the, you know, whether it's inventing the light bulb, electricity, whatever inventions, they all had doubters and thought these guys are nuts, crazy. Yep. But nuts people can accomplish a lot of things. Sure can. And all of these uh, athletes really, they weren't just, they didn't just like sail into this thing. They all had insurmountable odds. Yep. And they had to work at it. And some of them were near 30 or in their 30s when they decided to, to go to the Olympics. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I just went to Phoenix for work, for roller ramp, and was in a few airports and all that different stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, should I compete in the, uh, in the wheel, in the, what do they call it? The, uh, the cycle. What do you call that? The, the paracycling? Oh. Should I yeah. compete? Should I compete? Should I try to make the team? Well, Mr. Mom, more power to you if you do it. But did you did you get a chance to meet a, a Paralympian in the airport? Met a Paralympian in the airport in Denver. Um, she yeah. was uh, or in Arizona. She was from Denver. Her husband, she had, was at an archery event in Arizona. Oh, cool. Yeah, she had. She basically had nothing from the waist down. All right. And I didn't ask her what happened to her. We didn't have time. We were in line to get on the plane. So I just rushed over and started talking to her. She had a USA vest on or a shirt on. I'm like, hey, I want to meet you. Do you remember her name? No. Okay. Um, but that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of this. I mean, we could go on for you know a couple episodes, and every one of these people that we've clicked are inspirational enough to say, "I want you on the podcast." Every one of them has something to mm -hmm. offer. You sure do. Um, so maybe we'll reach out. Who knows, right? Yep. Who knows. Maybe we'll reach out, try to get a couple of these para athletes on. That would really be a be a big deal. That would be amazing. I would be I would be so happy and so honored to meet these athletes. Well, so. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and get on Amazon, get that tube and that helmet, because we're going to put that on the bucket <laughs> list uh, for getting Brad down the hill. And uh, we're yeah. going to post it. Oh, also next episode, I will give the results of my uh, pot pie experiment. Uh, I think earlier in season two, I said uh, Brad was having a pot pie. I said, I can't believe I haven't had a pot pie in 20 years, but I wanted pot pie, lots of them. So I went yeah. and bought some pot pies and I was going to, we talked about doing it in the, uh, in the air fryer. Like you did. And I'm going to give it my works for me. Uh, look, we're going to leave it there. I'm going to go ahead and recant mm-hmm. my experience because, you know, Jennifer said, well, like you got to tell people what the update was on the pot pie experiment. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and share some of that. Um, you know, maybe some other stories that we can, uh, that we can come up with some kind of trouble that we've gotten into. Um, past i stayed off the lake i didn't do any ice fishing so there were no uh, no accidents that you i didn't fall in any holes or mm-hmm. fall through the ice anything like that so well that's good but uh well it's been great yeah. it's been a great podcast brad i uh talking about this great. stuff makes me want to go out in the parking lot and walk around and train for the olympics yep I mean, I'm in a wheelchair, but I can walk with, you know, crutches, but uh, I don't walk too fast. So it'd be a slow race. Yeah, it would. <laughs> why, don't they have, why don't they have like the 40 meter dash with guys that use arm crutches, paralyzed guys? I don't that would be, know. Wouldn't that be fun? I think you have a lot of people crashing at the end going on and falling down. Well, the, the rule yeah. would have to be, do you have to walk or can you, like when I take my crutches and I want to make better time, I just lift you myself. Swing. You swing, don't you? Don't you think swinging you like would be allowed as long as any way that you can use your two crutches when you're paralyzed to cross that line? I would think so, but you never know. Well, what's wrong with that? How come we can't be included? <laughs> I feel left uh, out. There's nothing for me, Brad. Are you feeling bummed out, buddy? Hey. I feel we're yeah. being left out, us guys. Maybe if we maybe if we ask one of the Olympics uh, Olympians on, we can ask them. Yeah, what do they think? Yeah, but the first thing that they're going to say is, uh, "Oh, Greg, you're 58, and you're going <laughs> to go into the all right." Up with the laughing. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. They're going to look at me and say, "You're kidding, right?" So I don't know, yep. just a thought. Maybe I am too old. I missed my time, but I, I wish I could have competed, Brad, in the, uh, the some of the paracycling stuff. I mean, I'm, you know, yeah, pretty strong. I think you would be pretty good in the in the Olympian baseball um, team too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to be you a power hitter. I used to be a pitcher and a power been, hitter. Yeah, you would have been great. I think. Maybe I'll look at something like that too. Then is that fast pitch? I believe so. Yes. They throw overhand. <laughs> yes. I think well, unless they come up about eight feet away and throw it softly underhand, I'm not sure I want in on it. I really no, no. I haven't hit a baseball in probably forty years. Forty. Yeah. And it's and it's pretty hairy when you play in a parking lot. You know, so 
you know, but they have, they have a wheelchair, uh, they have a field that's a rubber mat. They play outside a uh, wheelchair. Uh, right, softball. Right. But I've seen them bring them uh, parking lots as well, but the parking lots are pretty hairy when you tip your chair over. It's a little sketchy. That's more like uh, yeah. alley ball. Yep. So, okay. well, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. Um, Thanks a lot, Mr. Mom, for participating, and we'll do this again. All right. Till next time, Brad. Yeah, God bless everybody. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Roller Ramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. RollerRamp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.